Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Thanks for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. No, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, definitely. You know, I love talking uh, hockey, period, with you, especially Kings hockey, but hockey, period. Because I know if we were sitting down in the same room and we were having a beer, we'd be talking hockey all night, you know, because that's just that's our passion, that's our love. Um, so, all right, no so let's get into this here. Um, back-to-back games. This is the final uh, road trip of the regular season. Of course, we're hoping that the Kings do make the playoffs, so there'll be other road games uh, in the first round of the playoffs and beyond, hopefully. But right now, a back-to-back. They played a wild, emotional uh, playoff-type game yesterday against the Minnesota Wild, having the lead, and then Minnesota coming back, and then uh, Minnesota taking the lead with like a minute to go, and then the Kings dramatically tying it up, uh, Dustin Brown deflecting that puck in the net, and then Jeff Carter winning it in overtime for them then to come to Winnipeg and have to play again, and you can definitely tell that the Kings did not have their legs in this game, and this, of course, is not to take anything away from this Winnipeg Jets team, because I think they're a phenomenal team, and I think they are a contender for the Stanley Cup. They are that good. But Kings couldn't pull off a victory here today, but they did play tough. And, uh, you know, I am proud of them. I am proud of what the Kings were able to do because, I mean, thank the hockey gods for Jack Jack Campbell. Right, Mark? Like, Jack Campbell was outstanding today. 
yeah, in the last five minutes of the game, uh, Winnipeg could have won it four or five different times, and Cam came up big, high glove on three that I remember. Um, so when we get into the three stars of the game, I got a feeling that we're both going to have Mr. Campbell on our list <laughs> later on in the show, sir. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it right there. And yeah, like that last, those last three minutes of the third period felt like 30 minutes and it was just turnover after turnover by the Kings. They just could not hold on to the puck. And and if they could get it out of of their zone, they just couldn't do anything with it in in the neutral zone because Winnipeg was all over them and it was up to Campbell to make some brilliant saves that he did. But it was a barrage, a complete blitzkrieg on the Kings net. And props for anybody who had doubts about uh, Jack Campbell's confidence because of what he's been through in his career in the last few years before the Kings took him on and, you know, he's been working with the Ontario Reign and everything like that. Uh, today proves that he can play high-pressured hockey and play solid. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, well, last time I was on, we were talking about the uh, Kemper trade and, and we were kind of uh, okay on the reader end of it and, and kind of questioning the, the Kemper trade. And boy, he sure stood tall tonight. No question. There was one one uh, one sequence there when Dowdy had the puck, and we were in our own. The Kings were in their own end, own end, and you know he passed it back, passed it, then got it back, and they were they yes, changed yes. forward line change, and I'm just right, they're trying I'm, to waste I'm some screaming time. At, I'm screaming at the TV. Get it out of the zone. <laughs> And they got yes. it up to the left point, and then Winnipeg just stormed them. And, I mean, literally they had possession for 20 seconds in that sequence and didn't get the puck out of the zone. I was, I, oh, man. And then the, the puck ended up in the high slot, and Campbell made one of those, one of those three high-glove saves. I think it was on um, Kyle Connor. He could have won it right there in regulation, I believe. But, yeah, they, they – they were out of gas, no question about it. Yeah, and I know exactly what play you were talking about because I was thinking and yelling the exact same thing because I knew how it was going to end. It was not going to end <laughs> well as in that Winnipeg was going to find a way to get the pu- the puck, right? And that's exactly yeah. what happened. And I would like, and I would like to think, okay, like, I would like to think, uh, it's Drew Doughty, a Norris Trophy winner. He's won at uh, every level, you know. You know, if, if anyone's going to do that, and, yes, you know, the Kings were changing lines, and, yes, he was wasting some time because they were gassed out, and they were so close to getting into overtime to at least get that one point. But, but sure. the turnover did happen, and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, we're done. This game is over, but luckily <laughs> Campbell made – Made you know just beautiful saves, beautiful glovers, and everything. And the Kings did come away uh, with a point. So I mean, what can you do? Like Winnipeg, they're a tough team. They are not. It's not the Winnipeg Jets of a couple of years ago. You know, this is a team that's been slowly been built uh, by their general manager uh, through the years. They made a big trade at the deadline for Paul Statsny, which I'm still scratching my head why St. Louis let him go, uh, especially since St. Louis, are, you know, they were only a couple of points away from a playoff spot at the deadline. But Winnipeg getting stronger and everything. Uh, Patrick uh, Liney got hurt today. 
I guess he blocked a shot in the second period and he didn't come back. So I was hoping maybe the Kings right. could take advantage of that. But yeah, what can you do? Uh, what can you do? But Mark, your overall thoughts of the game period? Uh, the Kings. We talked about Campbell, but the Kings overall. Um, who stood out for you positively, but also who stood out for you negatively? Well, I think. Well, I, I got. If we're going to get into it right now, I'm going to say uh, obviously Dustin Brown uh, on the pass from Kovtar. I, I like that uh, Thanas got that goal because once he passes it up to Brown and Brown dishes it to Kovtar, and then Kovtar dishes it back over to Brown on the doorstep. There, they don't always give that secondary assist to the guy who makes the play moving the puck out of the zone up to the up to the forward, right? Um, once once that right, second right. pass is made back, you don't always get that secondary assist. But on that goal sequence, um, Finuff made that play with with a beautiful pass uh, off the near side boards up to Brown going through the neutral zone. One of the few times tonight they were able to get through the neutral zone um, easily with speed. And uh, it was good to see Finuff get that assist because he deserved it. He made that play. Um, Props. uh, Not just for tonight. I'm going to give him a a maybe MVP for the season. I know Kopitar's got his career high in points now, but three years ago, would we have ever thought that we'd be looking at a season again? 23, 24 goals now? Um, he, he no was, way. You know, they, we, we've talked at length, you and me, Jeff, about um, the trials and tribulations of Dustin Brown with the, the letter and, and everything that goes with that and the professionalism that he handled that with. And I think, you know, putting him up on, on Kopitar's wing and leaving him there and not bouncing him up and down second, third, fourth line minutes or whatever Sutter was doing. Um, yep. Good for good for Dustin Brown. Um, I just you said you're proud of the Kings. I'm proud of Dustin Brown this season for you know everything that guy's gone through and to just handle it as a pro um, and then come back and have the season that he's had. Obviously, a big part of, of why they're still in the playoff spot right now. Um, and then I give <coughs> excuse me to his career high. He gets mentioned with his assist. That was a, a real nice pass, just out of poke check range from the one defender that was back to Brown, who was waiting on the doorstep, banged it in. And um, obviously Campbell, for sure. Um, with with, I mean, they they doubled up the Kings on shots, so the, that that's oh, definitely man. a win yep. on Campbell's pads right there. So those, those are my those are my three guys. Um, everybody played the best they could. Obviously, the legs were bad. I, I don't really have anybody yeah. that I could say, you know, maybe physical mistakes. Um, the three straight penalties in the second period. If your legs are, if you're already having trouble getting your legs, and and you got to do kill three straight penalties um, in one period, I the uh, I'll say that part of the game probably impacted that third period. I mean, the ice was tilted in the third period. The, the Kings barely got out of their own zone for the whole 20 minutes. So, And in the last five, seven minutes of the games, they didn't 
they didn't get a shot on goal, I don't think. Um, no, no, so they yeah, didn't. I, I, I think that put them behind the eight ball and took whatever gas was left in the tank. And I, I give a, a kudos, uh, you know, all around, all around team effort to fight through it. Obviously, a, a tough night physically, and and still come away with a point. And hey, we're one crossbar away from winning the thing in overtime. Uh, so I, that's a good point to get in a tough situation. And then it's kind of a screwy, screwy road trip. Is they go they go up to Minnesota, then to Winnipeg. That's fine. You go through customs. Now you got to go back through customs and get to Colorado late, and then. From Colorado back up to Kansas, so you back go through up. customs again, and then you come all the way back to yep. LA. So they're not even going to have any rest until Tuesday of next week. Um, it's insane. So they they got to get they got to get their rest and and have a couple of good meals and and I think they'll be fine the rest of the way. But um, just a tough schedule to end the season with for sure. Yeah, I mean the game. Like the very next game coming up against the Colorado Avalanche, and they've been red hot. Like they're beating Chicago right now with like four seconds to go in the game, five to one. I mean, it was as if when they traded Matt Duchesne away, for whatever reason, this team just banded together, and they're just red hot. And the Kings have to play them twice. The Kings are now playing them next in Colorado, and they have a fantastic home record. Um, I'm just going to pull it up right here. They're 25-9-2 at home. You know, they've won four out of their last five. It's now going to be five out of of their next six with the win today against Chicago. Unless Chicago scores four or five goals in three seconds, it's not going to happen. So that's going to be so tough because there's your contender for at least a wild card spot. And, uh, yeah, got to go back to Edmonton. Just real wonky, uh, a traveling schedule. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's not like in the old days in the good old Smythe division where the Kings were the only team, you know, <laughs> down to the West Coast, down south, and right. uh, had to do the most tra- traveling around because the Golden Steels died and went away. So there was no one else around there. So the Kings always had to travel far and all that. But it doesn't mean the NHL has to make them relive that in today's NHL, which uh, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy, but it's always kind of weird how that happens with the Kings and their schedule, especially uh, at the end of the season when they're battling for a playoff spot. That definitely doesn't help. But if you can survive that, right, if you can just grit your teeth and grind through that, you know you're a tough team. And one thing I will say about the Kings this season that I have not been able to say for the last couple of seasons is that they are resilient. I mean, maybe maybe yeah. not at home. <laughs> like, like, they're not the park-and-ride Kings that they used to be where if they had a one-goal lead or a two-goal lead, they would just, you know, tough it out, grind to the end of the game, and do what they have to do to, uh, to get those two points. And I don't remember what the stat used to be. You might remember, Mark, but at that time, uh, at 2000, yes, yes, <laughs> if they had the lead, you know. If they had to, they, and that's what Parker Ride was all about, right? Willie Mitchell and Dale yes, Sutter used to always talk it. That's what they meant. Park the car and just ride it, you know, and uh, until you get to where you need to go. And the, But the Kings aren't like that anymore. Like, the Kings, if they have a two-goal lead, they're in danger of being down 3-2 within, like, 10 minutes. You know, they, they don't have that anymore. But what they do have that they lack last year is they're resilient, that they are more gritty, they don't give up, and they have way more confidence 
and it's a team that has rebonded with each other that they're still not out of it even if they get give up three goals after having a two nothing lead just like we saw yesterday against Minnesota the Kings can still come back and fight I just hope that uh, when they go back home for the final three games of the season three or four games of the season uh, whenever, when they go back to the Staples Center, they have to make the Staples Center a fortress because it is no longer a fortress. Teams are going in there, and they're not afraid of the Kings. And for whatever reason, when the Kings go on the road, they're back to being the road warriors. They're the most bipolar hockey team, really, that you know that I've ever seen. But three <laughs> points out of, uh, out of out of you know two games, two real tough games. It's three out of four. It's it's not bad, but that Colorado game is going to be a battle. Um, the lineup here. I mean, John, Coach John Stevens has really been flipping, but uh, in the lines through the blender, like more than he has been throughout the season. He really has in the last couple of games. He just doesn't seem that to be satisfied with certain players playing together. And you mentioned how, you know, Kopitar and Brown, for the most part, have been together for the entire season. And you can see their chemistry, that given goal, goal that you were talking about today, that given goal. I mean, you can tell they've been playing together for a long time for them to do that. They just knew oh, where yeah. each other were going to be. And it's been like that all year. And I like when they have Aya follow on that line with them because he just brings that spark and energy and he just gives her, right? And I think that's just a great lineup. But Stevens has been messing it up a little bit. Um, bit. Reader's been up at the top top line, then, then Reader's back down. Amadio's been a healthy scratch. Mitchell's been playing with Thompson in the same line, and they're kind of like, I don't know, disqualifying each other. They're almost you know, the same type of player. Uh, your thoughts on the lineups and going into Colorado, you know, the Kings needed to get as many points as they could get so they could get into the playoffs, Mark. If you're John Stevens, who do you play? Who do you scratch? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think you leave the first line together. I think you do the 70s line with uh, a second line and you'd Thompson centers the third line with Kempe. Yeah. And then I think you go I think you go reader on the uh other wing. And then for, I don't know, you for tell the me third what line? the fourth line is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, tell me what the see, fourth my line. fourth line. My fourth line, I'd still have Brodzinski in the team. I'd still have Johnny okay. Brodzinski up in the team I like because I love, I love the chemistry that he has with Mike Amadio. And, of course, that goes back to, you know, them playing together uh, with the Ontario Reign. So when, when the Kings, you know, made the trade, did the Darcy Kemper trade, they picked up uh, Tobias Reeder. I didn't think Brodzinski was going to be the odd man out because that fourth line that the Kings had at that time and Andrew was playing with them, it was the best hockey I've ever seen Andreev play as a king. And Amadio Brodzinski, they were the heart and soul of that. They were actually scoring, providing energy. They were hitting. They were defending. And uh, they were just playing awesome. And then Reader comes, and it gets all messed up. And Reader seems to be, he should be the odd man out. I understand why Blake went for him. Not that I now, like, you know, Reader, he does have speed. But he only has, what, one point in 12 games. 
They've tried him in the top lines. They've tried him in the bottom six. The idea was to have him in the bottom six so he can provide speed and some extra scoring because they weren't getting that consistently. And ironically, they finally were getting that, consi- uh, getting that consistently with Amadio, Andrioff, and uh, Johnny Brodzinski, and it got all broken up, and Brodzinski went back down to Ontario. I would bring him back up. And maybe I would sit down Reader. I don't know. Like, Reader has his speed, and you're hoping that eventually he's going to break out because it is a new team, stranger in a strange land. He's getting used to everything fair enough. And he's a guy who can score 30 points on a crappy uh, Coyotes team, right? Right. And if he can score, you know, for, for a crappy – he could get 30 points for a crappy Coyotes team, he's, that's already up the depth chart when it comes to Andrioff or Kyle Clifford. And I love Kyle Clifford in theory, right? But, uh, yeah, I, w- I like what you were doing with the third line. Definitely have uh, Thompson. I- I'm a big fan of Nate Thompson. I'm very happy uh, with what he does. I think he's great in the face-off dot. He's great defensively. Uh, he always yeah. does 100%. Thir- third light center for sure. Put him with Kempe. Kempe at that speed. And if Thompson gets kicked out of the face-off dot, Kempe can go in there. And uh, he's got experience right. being a center. But Reader, man, I don't know if I put him on Boy, there. You, you Maybe put, you put Tori Mitchell in. No, you, no, you can't. I bring Brzezinski up. See, the the only thing with Tori Mitchell now, since the team's got Nate Thompson, it's like we don't need Tori Mitchell anymore. Oh, uh, it's the same player. Like he's for sure. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the exact same player, but you get way more energy from Thompson. You get a little bit more meanness. From Thompson, you know, and he's excellent at faceoffs, and he can defend, you know, which is reasons why they got uh, a Tory Mitchell. Tory Mitchell has played very well, and he's actually scored some, you know, some pretty Big cool uh, highlight reel goals for the Kings, right? Because he had zero with Montreal this season. But I would actually bring up Rodzinski, get him in there, and uh, Mitchell would be sitting, and either him and Andrew would be sent down. Like I'm even thinking, we'll go back. Do they even? Go back just a little bit here. Um, I will say Andreoff on the the Jets goal tonight. Um, he was really the the cause of the the play because he he got over on the far side boards by the benches and flipped a very weak backhander out into the center of the ice instead of trying to jam it down the boards and get it in deep. And that that led yeah. directly to the Jets going the other way. So that. That if 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 we wanted to go back just a little bit and say who uh, maybe I'm not going to say it's a garbage player of the game, but a garbage play of the game that was definitely yep. uh, very soft by Anderhoff on that on that dump in, and that uh, that led to them tying the game. So yeah, we actually do have Mark a toilet flush sound effect. So I'm trying that you seg- <laughs> segued into this right now, and yes. Andrioff for coughing up the puck. I remember as a kid, there's two things I remember as a kid playing hockey that I was taught by my coaches. One is if you're clearing the zone, bang it off the the boards. Do not shoot it up, up the middle. The middle because of the it's, it's, 
it's going to get picked up. That's hockey 101. And the other thing that I remember was that, you know, if you're covered and your teammates are covered, you're in the offensive zone, just throw that puck to the net because you never know what can happen. It could slide in, get deflected. Who knows? Those are like the two things I learned. Uh, but, yeah, huge mistake by Andrioff, and he's going to get – sorry, hip check. I know hip check, uh, he, he loves Andy Andrioff, probably his favorite player. I'm assuming his favorite player on the Kings, but he is getting the toilet flush player of the game. Yeah. I, I, uh. Even at that, even at that point in time, if you just pin the pin the puck against the boards with your skate, is if you have nowhere else to go with it, just jam it into the boards with your skate and scrum it up for a second and let it finish the line change. Um, anything but that. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, it, that's the one mistake. Uh, I mean, there yep. were many mistakes, but that was the one major mistake that really. In hindsight, in hindsight, twenty twenty, that cost the Kings the game because that was the only time Winnipeg scored in regulation, and it was due to that bad turnover. But uh, yeah, Trevor Lewis, Mark, Trevor Lewis, upper body injury. They're not saying what it is. They're not saying if it's the, is it the same injury that he got from that big hit. Uh, when he crashed, all twisted into the boards, which is why he was off for a while. Though it was a legal right. hit, it was just an ugly-looking fall that Trevor Lewis had. And right. especially the year that he's been having, a career year, and now he's out. If he goes on injured reserve, who would you call up? Would you call up Johnny Brodzinski back up? Or would you call yeah. Michael Bursch and give him, and give him his shot? Uh, you got to you got Brzezinski up, right? I mean, the, the Merch will be up when the rosters expand or, or shortly after their season ends. He'll be a part of the Black Aces. Um, yeah. But I, I think for where this Kings team is now and what Brzezinski brings, he's got to be the choice. I mean, you, you outlined it earlier. Um, you, you, you'd call him up right now anyway. But for, for yeah. sure, if, if Lewis goes on, on IR, then – Definitely, he's he's first up, in my you know in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I agree a hundred percent, and I already mentioned it, that that I would bring Brodzinski back up, and that would be my fourth line against Colorado. I would bring up Brodzinski, and it would be Amadio Brodzinski, and I'm going to throw Kyle Clifford there because Clifford always gives a hundred percent. Let the kids do their thing, and Clifford could just hit everything that moves. And then the third line, I would have Thompson with Kempe, and I, I I'll give. Toby Reader a chance, you know, because with Kempe and Reader with their speed on the wings, maybe they could get something going there, and uh, maybe that would work out. The top two lines, of, of course, would stay the same, and of course, Jonathan Quick goes back at net, even though Jack Campbell, we can agree, our number one star with his amazing performance today, uh, really kept teams in it. All people have to see if they had any doubts about Jack uh, Jack Campbell, is just watch the final three minutes of the third period, and it speaks all for itself. 36 saves from 38 shots, a 9.47 save percentage. Definitely the number one star of the game, the MVP of the game, just outstanding. And it makes me proud of him as well because of the troubles that he's had. Like, he was a highly... Uh, scouted and a touted prospect back in the day, was he not, Mark? Playing for Team USA in the World Juniors, 
and then drafted in the first round by Dallas, I believe. Sometimes things don't fit, you know. Um, True. We've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of players to get drafted. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, for whatever reason, you're stuck in the pipeline. There's players ahead of you on the depth chart. Uh, personalities don't mesh. Whatever the case may be, we've seen a lot of players taken in the in the you know high high draft picks that go on to their second teams. Sometimes even their third teams before um, they find their niche and find their position and and, and get their chance. So um, good good for him, stick-to-itiveness and all that good stuff. Um, definitely, you know, I feel better maybe um, in that last week if, you know, if the playoff position is, is decided, you could get quick a game off, maybe – maybe two. Uh, I know I'm asking for a lot to get quickie a little bit of rest. Uh, you, know what I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Two games might be too much, but yep. if, you know, if they're locked in, um, I feel better letting camp come in now and, and give give quick that night off. Uh, so it's a confidence booster for the whole team. I will say honorable mention, too. Uh, Kings had, there's going to be a lot of ice packs on the plane tonight. Kings had 23 block shots tonight. So what, what did you yes. say? Thirty-six out of thirty-eight. Thirty-eight shots on goal, blocked twenty-three. Yes. Uh, Those are the ones that worse. made it to the yeah. net. Yes. Yeah, that <laughs> could have been worse. Twenty-three, twenty-three block shots. So even even not finding their legs, still still doing the things it took to grind that point out, giving the body up when they had to do it. So all around team defense tonight to keep that Jets team and and Kyle Connor. Um, He's obviously scored in overtime and scored the game tying goal. Um, I really like that kid as a player. By the way, we were high on him in our draft special a couple of years, um, and he's he's coming into his own this year and having a really nice season. And to, for the team to throw their put the body on the line, block twenty three shots. Um, oh, it could have been worse. Looking at that stat right now. So oh, it could have. Oh, absolutely. And and and. Uh, you know, doing doing what they could do to to limit the rubber on Campbell was probably a big. You know, if any more of those find the net, you never know. Maybe they don't win. Maybe they don't get to overtime. Very true. And speaking of block shots, a shout out to Derek Forbert, who blocked seven shots. Seven shots. Absolutely awesome. And got four hits as well in 24 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time. I thought Derek Forbert was fantastic tonight. Um, so, yeah, total team effort. It is what it is. Kings still get a point. I'm happy with it. And that's why I love talking hockey with you, Mark, because before we went on live, I was already all upset because we lost. And to fully hit the crossbar, we could have had it. Because, you know, yeah. I am a diehard LA Kings fan, and I still think and talk like a, a diehard LA Kings fan. You know, that's what's <laughs> going to come out first. And I talk to you over here on the show, and you bring up some amazing points, and I'm looking at the stats and, and listening to what you're saying, and you made me feel so much better. So thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, it's no problem. That's a good point to get, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, you're still in third third in the division. I'm still holding out hope that uh, San Jose gets a little bit of a slump and maybe they can move up into second. I'm not looking behind us at the Ducks, and and I think Calgary is pretty much done now, but – um, I'm not looking. I think it's 
you know, if, if San Jose has a hiccup down the stretch and the, the Kings have what five games left at home now, if they can come back to the come back to Staples and and put together a good run in that last homestand, I think I'm still saying they can catch San Jose. But do we want that? them to? <laughs> My paranoia gets the best of me sometimes. The, the do home, we want? Do we want home ice advantage with the way the kids well, have been playing at home? You know, maybe no, it's better are a if. Story. You're right. Are you're right. Yeah, it's, it's you a, remember a couple of years it's ago, season, man. They, uh, <laughs> you know, they had first place the whole year long. They clinched the playoff spot before they clinched the division. They went into a I know where you're going. Six weeks. They lost the yep. division championship in the second and the last game of the season to the Ducks, and they went out laid an egg and got bounced in the first round. I want to see a Kings yep. team picking up steam, gathering what chemistry there is left to gather, and and go into the playoffs on a high note. Then, yeah, but that's not the Kings' way. <laughs> that's not Kings hockey. King. Mark, come on, you've been. Team's hockey is what we're seeing right now. We have no idea how this is going to play out because they are the most unpredictable team in the history of the sport of hockey because they go into they, they could beat Vegas back to back in in one in a crazy game that was really close and then another game where they actually you know had a, have, I think it was a four one lead in the second one I can't remember now but they could go in there and yeah. do that and then they play one of the lower teams of the NHL and get shut out <laughs> you know yeah that that is so well, well, that's which is why you got to get you got to yeah. get that out of your system I, I, one thing that frustrates me is the the perception about this team and there's you know, they created it themselves. You go in the last game of the season as the AC and win the Stanley Cup. And then years later, they won it 60 to find another correct. And, and I don't know how much of this goes into the players' minds, but you hear the broadcast team, all they got to do is get in. All they got to do. Well, that's not all. Yeah. They you, you have to put it together at, in the last parts of the season to where you're, you're playing your best hockey going into the playoffs. The, Absolutely. I, I can't stress enough how much that frustrates me when, when I'm hearing the media guys talk about all, they, all the Kings got to do, do is get in and they're going to be dangerous. Well, we saw that, that game. We saw that, that, that's that pony, that one-trick pony a couple years ago. Then they had a great regular season. And for whatever reason, you let your foot off the gas with six weeks left to go. And was it 4-1 and you're gone? That's not what I want to see. Yeah. Five games, yeah. And uh, when they did, of course, you're speaking of the 2015-2016 season, and that regular season was the year where the Kings broke the franchise record in wins with 48 wins. They had never had 48 wins before. Yeah. So they, they were breaking regular season records. And when they clinched that playoff berth, if I remember correctly, they were on a road trip and they went into Chicago and our listeners out there, this is back when Chicago was Chicago, not the Blackhawks of this year, but the Stanley cup contending every year, Blackhawks. And they went into Chicago and kicked their asses. And then they went into Boston and kicked their asses. And then they went into Washington and took on a Vetchkin and they Washington was winning, winning president's trophies like every year, and they kicked their ass and clinched a playoff berth. And I'm thinking, wow, the Kings just got red hot, took on three super tough teams on the road. They're ready to go for the playoffs, and everything just fell apart. Everything just fell apart. They got they took that 
that foot off the gas, and that final six weeks was a disaster, and that playoff series against San Jose was a disaster. So, yeah, but it's true. A lot of commentators, a lot of pundits, a lot of experts, uh, you know, when it comes to L.A., I think it's just a lazy crutch that they use or they use as a crutch when it comes to describe the Kings where they're just like, you know what, uh, the Kings, you know how the Kings are. They're not a regular season team. They're built for the playoffs. They get into the playoffs, watch out. And we know that that's not exactly, that's not exactly the case because um, anything can happen once you're in the playoffs. And uh, because the Kings were the eighth seed in 2012, Yes, they broke records doing everything. You know, they had everyone was having career lows during that 2011-12 season, except for Jonathan Quick, who was having career highs. And if it was for Jonathan Quick, uh, the Kings would not have made the playoffs. Therefore, they would not have won that 2012 Stanley Cup. Quick really should have been nominated, at least for the heart. Maybe not win it, but he should have been nominated because that was an MVP year by Jonathan Quick. But the team that we saw in the playoffs in 2012 went 16-4 and four and steamrolled yeah. teams. That was not, right? That was not team that the Kings we just saw the final two games of the we'll season losing to San Jose, right? And then 2014, we'll it, like 2014 was where, you know, everything we knew about hockey or we thought we know about hockey, it's like you know, say scientists, what they know about physics just got thrown out the window because how and, the hell yeah, did the we'll, Kings win that cup in 2014? We'll never see that again. <laughs> never. It's impossible. And they they pulled it off. But people started almost accepting that that is the norm, right? Oh, the Kings right, can do it whenever they want. And they no, did absolutely. it. And they did it in 2016. Absolutely. They fell apart in 2015. Uh, last year, they fell apart. Just a complete disaster of a season. And, uh, yeah, so it, you can't do it. But I do like what the Kings are doing. Like I mentioned before this year, Mark, I do feel they have bonded. I think that trip to China also helped a lot in the preseason because it got all these guys together. And there are a lot of young guys on the team that weren't on those championship teams. You know, they've been playing with the Ontario Reign or before even with the Monarchs. And, you know, they all bonded together. And the, the ones that did make the trip went over there to China, hung out, had some laughs, went on the Great Wall of China, beat Vancouver twice, which is always fun. you got to love always beating those Canucks. Could be the preseason, could be the regular season, could be the playoffs. Beating the Canucks is a good day for me at least. And I felt like they really bonded together because it seemed like last year, why is Jeff Carter getting into fights? And why is nobody <laughs> protecting Jeff Carter? Right? Yeah, exactly. But nobody's exactly. nobody's defending him. Why is Dowdy getting into fights? Why is nobody protecting him? What happened to the Wolf Pack that we saw in 2012, 2014, where if you mess with one king, you got to mess with all of them? I mean, you poke your finger on Jonathan Quick, and you got every, like, uh, say, uh, Dave Perron. Like, he loves sitting on Jonathan Quick, whether he's playing with St. Louis or Edmonton or Pittsburgh, whoever he's playing with. He wants to sit on top of Quick. He wants to hurt Quick. And all the Kings jump on him and pull him off. They protected each other. And we stopped seeing that. You know, it was like they had lost that bond. Even when uh, Brown and Kopey were put together, rarely, but, you know, every once in a while, the last couple of seasons by Sutter, the chemistry was gone. Everything was gone. Like, what happened to these guys this year? At least they're fighting for each other again. You know, and that's what yeah. I love to see. And 
if they could get into the playoffs and they have at least that, they can play as a team and play for each other. Because I'm sure you'll agree, that's exactly what the 2012, 2013 even, and 2014 Kings did. They played for each other. Screw expectations. Yeah, no, no question Screw, about it. No question about it. Right? Screw the history of the LA Kings franchise and all the disasters and, and illegal sticks and everything that's gone wrong with the franchise. Screw it. They did it for each other. And I feel like they have that again. And they can be a dangerous team if they learn how to play well at home. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, I don't want that second spot. That whole spiel was me just trying, taking the long route to tell you, Mark, that I think we should just stay in third. <laughs> you know, let's be the road warriors again. Well, it was 3 nothing, and they did win game seven in San Jose, so. Oh, man. And then game seven in Anaheim, and then game seven at the United Center in Chicago, after being down 2 nothing, like right off the hop in the game. Oh, wow. Crazy yeah. times, Mark. Crazy times that we have lived That's through. That's what I said. It's we'll, almost like we'll never see that again. That was my favorite playoff so, series besides the Maple Leaf series in 93 was that Ch- series Chicago? in Chicago. Yeah, that's my Absolutely. second favorite playoff series. And that's even prob- – I mean, you got you to gotta put the, the Devil series in the Stanley Cup, right? But just – I mean, that Chicago series was the best it gets, man. <laughs> like, if we're going to talk about, uh, like, everything that's great about hockey, you know, as a fan, to be entertained. Let's take out our, our you know, our King fan hats. And if we're watching a series, like, what's going to stand out? And you want quality hockey. You want hard hitting. You want drama. You want, you know, things that are unpredictable. And the series between the Kings and the Leafs back in 93 definitely had that. And the series between the Kings and Chicago in in, uh, 2014 definitely had that. And it was just great hockey. And it was two heavyweights going toe-to-toe. Like, I'm talking like 1990s heavyweight boxing. You got Holyfield and Bo, Holyfield and Tyson going toe-to-toe, but in a hockey rink. And you had no idea who was going to win it because it went right down to the very last, well, last goal, right? Alec Martinez in, well, uh, in 2014. Yeah, and and Gretzky banking it off Dave Ellett, Michael Jordan style in 1993. <laughs> You're bringing it back now. That was the series, too. Uh, was it Keith? Mac Carter in the, in the grill, knocked out his teeth and gave him all the stitches, if I remember right. That was 2013, the one before. 13, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was the one the Kings limped into the conference final, defending the cup, and lost in five. Okay, well, I, there's a reason why I didn't remember it that way, so let's keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but... let, me, let me just keep my memory. <laughs> But no, dude, it took <laughs> yeah, no a, a, a fluke double deflected goal from Alex Martinez off, I believe Nick Letty it went uh, went in off of to, yes. to close that series Correct. out. That was that was some fantastic hockey, no question about it. And but you I, know what, I, my, I'm a, I'm, my fa- sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, no I was, I was just gonna, gonna say, say my I, favorite part. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, well, if if we, if you don't want to take that second slot. I at least want them to win, I'm going to say, five or six of their remaining games. Lock down what they're doing. Get in get in that mode right now. 
and go into the playoffs on a high this year. I, uh, you know, yeah. they, they, last night's game was a good example. They, they, they had the lead, gave it up, fought back, found a way to tie the game, found a way to win the game. It's real easy when you give up a goal in the last minute to uh, give up. You know, lose it. Lose, not, I'm not saying give up, but lose your composure. And that's sure. That's one thing that the Kings have been really good at this year in those situations. And we can go back to the first couple weeks of the season um, that built the foundation for that attitude with this team is that they are playing till the till the last horn and keeping that composure when they're in that situation. And I don't want to be in those situations, but if they do get in those <laughs> yeah, situations, uh, it, it's good to see that this time of year as opposed to, okay, on to the next and, and you know, park it and, and move on and, and hope to get another point in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? It, it's That's yeah. the kind of hockey I want to see them build on going into the playoffs. I don't. I don't want to see them back in as the second wild card spot. They're in the three spot. They need to hold that three spot. They need to keep the Ducks in the wild card spot and and yeah. and going on a high. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, uh, yeah, that would be nice to see the Kings actually go guns full blazing into the playoffs instead of, you know, the, the, the drama that we normally get. Uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. But, uh, all right, Mark, time just flies by. And like, like I said before, I mean, we could talk hockey all night long. Uh, but I'm just going to quickly do the scoreboard here. Uh, Dallas did lose. So a little bit of good news there. Dallas did lose to the Washington Capitals 4-3 to in regulation. So that's a bit of a relief. Uh, the New York Islanders, of course, your partner, Chris Lisa of the Vegas Hockey Podcast is going to be very happy. The Islanders beat Pittsburgh 4-1 to today. Hi, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, Columbus uh, beat the Rangers 5-3. to The Edmonton Oilers all of a sudden can score again. They beat Carolina 7-3. to We had a shootout in a game of who cares between Detroit and Philadelphia. Detroit went in 5-4. to The Florida Panthers saw what Edmonton was doing, and they wanted some of that. So they scored seven goals as well, uh, beating the Senators 7-2. to Mark, as someone, you know, your show, the Vegas Hockey Podcast, you guys talk about not just the Vegas Golden Knights or anything to do with Vegas, not just the LA Kings, because you're a Kings fan as well. Uh, Chris is an Islanders fan, but you guys talk the entire NHL. What's going on right now with the Florida Panthers? These guys are red hot. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, we talked about that uh, this weekend, and they have the the most favorable schedule out of those uh, bubble teams in the East. They have the most games left to play. Um, they're playing great hockey. I, I think they had won eight out of their last ten. Um, so they're they're on fire. This, this is what I'm talking about. They're peaking at the right time. They're heading. They're turning in the right direction. Their best players are playing their best hockey of the year. And I I, I think they're going to Philly because Philly's in a tailspin. And with their games in hand and their favorable schedule, I'm I'm going to say Florida is in the playoffs. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Have Amazing. That. And that's why No, no, and that's why I love this game so much because 
you really truly like we can analyze as much as we can and we can look for trends and patterns and we can go on past experiences and we can just give our best educated guesses but in the end we have no idea what's going to happen because in the game of hockey anything could happen the most craziest thing could happen and florida right now they're just they're just giving her so yeah if they can make it in they're good for them um are the fans excited are people coming to to the arena and to watch the Panthers play because attendance has been such a major problem for so long with them now on this run. Are people happy? Are they excited in Florida, Mark? Do you know? Um, we're going to have a, a Florida Panthers guest, I believe this weekend. And that's one of the questions I, that I have in my notes for the show is, is uh, how, how's the arena look? Um, we know. They're All right. Anyway. All right. They had a, uh, they they did sign an eight year deal with the city to um, let's say subsidize the team with some extra tax money, so they're going to right. be in Florida, in Sunrise, Florida, for the foreseeable future, and it it would be real nice. You know, I still remember the the second year of that franchise when the rats were raining down and they were going to the yeah, finals yeah. and. The crowds were going. But yep. that's one thing, and I don't want to put Florida on blast at all, but you can see that in sure. really all the, the teams. When when the Marlins are winning the World Series um, once every 10, 15, 20 years, whenever they build a team, um, the, the stands are packed. When the Miami Heat yes. are going to the finals with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and, and you yep. know, everybody, the Cr- stands Chris are It's electric. It's electric, yeah. But if you give them a couple seasons of ho-hum play, the fans find something else to do in South Florida. That's just the nature of the beast. So I'm not putting them on blast, but it'd be nice to see them get behind <laughs> this team because, I mean, Huberto and Ekblad have some of the best young players in the league. And yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to see – some people show up and watch because I mean it's taken them two years to get over firing Gerard Gallant. And by the way, yeah. thanks to Florida for for letting him have the opportunity to come here and win Coach of the Year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, fools, fools, oh complete fools! Wow. Uh, I don't know how you do that when you look back at what he did for that franchise. Is they had they had missed the playoffs for 20 straight years, and his first year there he increases their point total by 37 points, and they're one goal in a third period away from moving to the second round. And, yep. oh, okay, you know, 20 games into the next season, oh, okay, bye. We're firing you on the road. You can take a cab because you're not traveling with the team anymore. Um, yep. And it's taken them a couple of years to figure out what they wanted to do with that franchise. So good for them, good for the guys on the team. They're, they're playing their best hockey of the year, and, and I think they're going to be – a playoff team, and it'd be nice to see uh, some people in the stands. <laughs> I'd appreciate that, Florida. It yeah. Me. Yeah, definitely. And it was electric that '96 season with the rats throwing the plastic rats. Uh, I say, oh, like, if they if they do clinch a playoff berth, call up Scott Mellaby, <laughs> bring him back, <laughs> give him a yeah. stick, like an opening opening ceremony, first game of the playoffs, right? And, you know, obviously don't have a real rat, like what happened in real life, but have a fake rat and make them hit it. And now it's legal to throw plastic rats again. Let's bring that back, you know. Obviously it's not going to happen because of Gary Batman and 
his rules and all that crap. But, man, it was really exciting because the Florida fans, or the Miami fans, they just they loved it. They went crazy for it. And Absolutely. my favorite visual of that playoffs was actually Patrick Raw in the final because it was Florida-Colorado in the final. Um, <laughs> no, but he, but he came out. He came out. He came out and he stood there as if he was saying, hit me with those rats. You know, and they were they were sweating. It's just bouncing off his face, and, and he's not moving. Like like he's doing it despite him. And I believe the story is that maybe this is just part of hockey mythology and lore. You know, and you know you could compare it maybe to like King Arthur stories or whatever, or Star Wars mythology or whatever. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's true. But Patrick <laughs> Patrick Raw, of course, for listeners out there who don't know. Uh, back then, whenever the Florida Panthers scored a goal, the fans would have these toy plastic, you know, rats and would throw it on the ice. So kind of like what Detroit used to do with the octopus and stuff like that, right? So, you know, Florida scored a lot of goals. There was a lot of uh, plastic rats being thrown on the ice. And, of course, there was a delay of game, and they would have to clean it and everything. But Patrick Ross stood out there, and it's just pinging off his helmet. And I guess the period ended. Uh, he went to the back. And he went to Joe Sackick, who was the captain of Colorado, and all he said to Joe Sackick was, no more rats. That's all he said. And what he meant by that was he wasn't going to let another goal go in because that is never happening again. And whether that's true or not, right. I don't know, but it's a great hockey story to tell for generations to come anyways, right? But, yeah, good for Florida. Good for them. Uh, speaking of Florida teams, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Maple Leafs 4-3. to three. Uh, Mark? Who do you like in the East? Do you do you think Tampa Bay are they legit? Can they go all the way? Or if they if not them, who? Well, we had Dan Herzog on uh, last week, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning Insider, and we talked. The one question mark I think is is Vasilevsky starting to wear down because he, he's over, over the last month he's let in. Uh, half a goal a game more than his his season average and his career average really and his save percentage is is going up or going down however you look at it um as well right. and i i asked him i'm like well peter buda is still your backup goalie over there right is there a problem that i'm not <laughs> seeing well, i mean the the guy had Bezina trophy numbers in in la uh before he was traded, and just just last season, he, yeah, just last year. Yeah, he. I mean, in, late into January, he had some of the best numbers of any goaltender in hockey. And to ride the kid, Vasilevsky, when you have Budai on the bench, and more than capable with that kind of offense in front of him to give Vasilevsky three or four games off coming down the stretch here, um, you got to give up. I don't think. Uh, Nashville's on fire. I don't think Tampa's going to retake that President's Trophy slot. So you're pretty much number two, number one in the East. That's where you want to be. If if they do get, if Coach Cooper can get, excuse me, Vasilevsky uh, three or four games here once they lock up the division and and uh, excuse me, their their playoff seating is set and Vasilevsky can go in a little bit more rested than he has been. I, I think they're the favorites in the East. I think they're the real deal. I think they have uh, – I, I love Coach Cooper. I, I love his offensive scheme. Um, it's And I, I, I talked to 
Gann about this. I, I, his offensive scheme reminds me a whole lot of the old Jerry Tarkanian amoeba defense at the UNLV Rebel basketball, oddly enough. Just the way that the the way he has them when the puck is low and the and the players are always moving. They're always covering. They're always rotating. There's always movement of the bodies, not just the puck. And I think that's important in today's NHL. Um, so I love Cody yeah. Cooper. I, lo- I love his system. I, uh, obviously, the, the offense is there. I think uh, getting McDonough at the trade deadline and, and putting him with Girardi there on the second pair um, yeah. gives you a, yeah, that was a very great solid move. defensive. Yeah, very solid defensive pairing there. And and an automatic chemistry, right? And automatic chemistry. You're not plugging in a, a piece that may not fit, like the Golden Knights brought in Ryan Reeves, and he had an assist early, earlier tonight against Vancouver. But you know, still a work in progress getting that fourth line to click the way it was earlier in the season for the Golden Knights. They don't have that problem in Tampa Bay. They, you know, they gave up Nemestikov in that deal, but I think they added the piece that they needed and, and they were deep at, at center. So Nemeskov was expendable. And I, I think that is the team to beat in the East. No question in my mind. I think, I think right. Pittsburgh is going to run up against a, a wall here. They've had three really long seasons of hockey and yep. sooner or later, that's, that's going to catch up to you. We've seen that with the Kings. Um, we saw that with Chicago and I, I think at I Boston, think yeah, it's uh, is going to have enough in the tank. And I, I think Boston. Now that you bring up Boston, I, I like what they did at the trade deadline, and I think that team is going to be uh, that could be that could be a really tough series. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'm just happy. Like I would love to see that series. I'm just I'm just happy. I have no horse in that race. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's just that, one. That's that, get your pop. That's a heavyweight fight. Watch hockey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a heavyweight fight right there. All right, Mark. I guess it's that time to go, sir. Um, um, again, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on to the show and being on here. I did, you know, I love talking hockey with you, and you did make me feel better today after the the overtime loss. No, so no. I really appreciate that, my friend. And I know sometimes, uh, you know, it's short notice when uh, sometimes I get short notice to find out I'm going to be hosting the show and then I'm looking, you know, I'm scrambling and I'm, I'm always happy that I can come to you and you've been on here a few times and we can just have fun and talk hockey. So Mark, always, man, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, I'm always here for you, buddy. You know that? I appreciate it. I know. I know. But now you, but now you got me afraid of Tampa Bay. Damn it. <laughs> the Kings can make the finals. I got to face Tampa Bay and it's going to be Budai in that because that's how the hockey script, <laughs> God, script writers are going to, are going to write it. it it's going to be called yeah. Budai's Revenge. You shouldn't have traded me for Bishop. And here I come. But anyways, I don't know. You I would love to be down, like, huh? I put my application. If I could put my application to be a hockey God script writer, oh, man, I'd be right up there because I'm all about the dramatics. But, uh, Mark, where can our, li- our listeners find your show, the Vegas Hockey Podcast? Uh, you, you guys phone podcast app, search Vegas Hockey Podcast, all one word. You can go to Twitter at Vegas Hockey Pod. Um, we're on Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, you know, all of, all of the podcast outlets. You can find us on Best Thing to Do, maybe it's just, Google search Vegas Hockey Podcast or the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and you'll find our stuff. And let me give a shout out to my coach, Chris Lisa. He lives on Long Island. You can find him on Twitter at the NL King. He is 
also a writer for IonIsles.com. He contributes that Islanders content over there, and he's really good at covering the Islanders. His stuff's really good. Yeah, Chris is awesome. He he is awesome. Every article he puts out there, I read, and I love it. And I'm not even an Islanders fan, but I am a Chris fan. So, again, Mark, have yourself a good night, sir. Thank you again for everything, and uh, go Kings go. Go Kings go. (laughs) All right, Chris. Yeah, see you later, man. All right. Mark Warner, everybody, of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Him and Chris Lisa do an amazing job on that show. And I'm not just saying that because they keep bringing me back, which they do, but it's a great show. And I am actually really excited about the one coming up now that Mark just told us about uh, in regards to the Florida Panthers. I want to know, are the fans excited? Are the Panther fans back? Are they on the bandwagon? Are they getting the plastic rats? Has the attendance gone up? Because the Florida Panthers have been playing some amazing hockey, and Mark says they're they're going into the playoffs, and you know what? I believe them. So, anyways, guys, um, hey, three points out of four back-to-back games on the road. Not too shabby at all. I'm proud of our Kings. We have another LA Kings Road Talk Radio coming this Thursday right after I assume it's going to be a crazy game between the Kings and the Colorado Avalanche. I will not be able to be on that show, but the hit check Scott Cahill and LA Kings superfan Augie Loya will be back to talk all things LA Kings and to break that game down. And of course, we have the Saturday game against the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully, will not be the last episode of the season because I'm going to believe, I want to believe, I'm going to believe, and I do believe that the Kings are going to find a way to make the playoffs. Therefore, we'll have more shows for you guys in the playoffs. So until next time, everyone, remember, it is Go Kings Go for life. Coked up Elvis, do your thing. Hey, woman, don't you treat me wrong. I'm in love with my Laura. Hey, hey, tell me what I say. Tell me what I say. When you see me in misery, come on, baby, find me all right. I don't know what I say. I don't know what I say. I don't know what I say. I don't know what I say.
fantastic. Thank you. Go, Kings, go. Oh, yes. Go, Kings, go. <laughs> 